Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Training Unleashed. We're going to have an amazing episode. First, I want to take a moment here and acknowledge my friends C-Suite. Uh, we are broadcasting on C-Suite Radio as well as C-Suite Television and every place else that podcasts are being held. Today is going to be an amazing day because what we're really going to be focusing on is change and how to thrive in a difficult time. Our guest is, Mary, uh, is Meredith excuse me, Elliot Powell, and she is with a company called Motion First. Um, I, it's been my pleasure. It's not my first time meeting you. Uh, this is one extraordinarily bright person. Uh, she is an absolute expert. She's got a great book coming out, which I'm probably going to be my first question to, uh, to her. And um, she's a professional speaker. And all of you, I know, because everyone in this audience is in one way or another interested in training, know the importance of what we're doing right now with all that's happening in this world. So, Meredith, let me just start with, can you tell me about your book? Because your book it sounds like it's perfect for today. So tell us about your new book and uh, let's love to hear about it. Yeah, so I've got a book coming out this fall called Thrive, Turning Uncertainty into Competitive Advantage. And you know, Evan, it's really a funny story. Um, actually, a couple of years ago, I became really obsessed with the word uncertainty, how we think about it, feel about it, react to it. And if we can all remember back to when the economy was red hot, and business was booming, I would go in and I would be working with um, organizations and I would always ask the leader, or the sales professional, how are things going? How's, how's business? And to a T, everybody said the same thing. Business is great. We're probably poised to have our best year on record. But oh, this uncertainty. As if uncertainty always had to be a negative. It always had to be a bad thing. And that just got me wondering, what if we flipped the script on that? I mean, what if uncertainty wasn't negative? What if it was actually the thing that you needed to show up in your business to propel it forward? Maybe if it maybe uncertainty was actually a necessity for growth. And that put me on a mission to go out and find organizations and leaders who had done that. Let me tell you, it was not easy to find those that actually used uncertainty as strategic advantage. But I uncovered nine businesses that have been in business that are still thriving today, that have been in business since the late 1700s, early 1800s. And from that research, just so you know, that means they not only came through world wars, economic depression, but they too have survived a pandemic. This is their second pandemic. And from that, I wrote a nine-step formula of what it takes to thrive in an uncertain um, marketplace. And that's basically um, the book, Take a Breath. We've been here before. It's the story of those companies. And then we wind up with exactly what you need to do to do what they've done to thrive through every economic downturn. So when did you, when did you start working on the book? <laughs> yeah. So I started working on the book two years ago. And um, I, I, you know, oh, so this book isn't like a, I'm going to write a quick book because oh. there's a pandemic right now. This was actually a book you were starting on well before. What, what great timing. Yeah, you know, it's kind of crazy. I, I certainly didn't see a pandemic. I was just trying to help people get through an economic downturn. Uh, because everybody, we always, we all knew something was coming, right? Yeah, but, um, but the book is so heavily researched because 
I, I just got into it and the story of these businesses are fascinating and what they've been through. But even though they did it intrinsically, there was, it was so easy to see the pattern of what they did differently than organizations that, that fell. And the great thing, Evan, is it applies whether you are a mom and pop, whether you are a large organization, whether you sell locally, whether you sell internationally, the formula works for everybody. Okay, so I'm gonna ask the question, what is the formula? <laughs> yeah, so basically there's, um, there's nine steps um, to the formula. And um, I've got something for you at the end that will reveal, um, you know, that will reveal all, uh, all nine. But I'll just give you a couple to, um, to kick off, just a couple of my um, favorites. Is um, number one is that in, you know, typically you said at the beginning of this podcast, we were gonna talk about change. And typically when you talk about change, people tell you how to handle change after change has happened. And one of the fascinating things with these businesses is they don't wait for change to happen. They're not reactive to it, they're proactive to it. And I called that strategy conditioning yourself for change. The change is like a muscle. The more you build it, the more you work it, the more you're active with it, the more resilient you are. And you begin to predict your future by creating your future. I've got a tool that we call a skeptic, which is something that you use every 30 days in your business to begin to see the changes that are coming in the marketplace. Because if you see change coming, it's your greatest opportunity. If you change once change shows up, it's too late. You've lost, you're, you're, you're catching up. So that was one strategy I really loved because it was such a different perspective on change. You know, it's interesting what you're describing because a lot of times, like, and I'll, I'll talk about positivity and happiness Yeah. because I think this is important. There are people that say you choose to be happy. And, and I just don't believe you choose to be happy. I, I believe that you practice being happy. Yeah. That you make it a habit to be happy. That you build processes that enable you to be happy and then you become happy, but you don't just say, hey, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. And what you're talking about sounds like essentially the same idea is you're building a practice to, to continually evolve, that every month you're literally looking at how to evolve and you're building the practice as opposed to, you know, something hit me over the head and now I need to now make a change. Yeah, because, you know, it's really, I mean, I agree with you 100%. You know, ironically, another step in the strategy is, um, is, is what I call positive point, um, is that uh, there's a great story about going down a river in a whitewater raft trip. And if you do that, you go with a guide, they'll certainly point out the rocks and the high water and the down trees, but they'll spend two to three, as, two, three times as much time talking about where the raft needs to go. And the idea is, if you spend more time focusing on where you're going than the obstacle in your way, you're going to wind up at that place. You focus on the rock, you'll hit it. And yeah. so it's kind of the same idea. But I do believe we, you know, you can't just have a positive point and assume that you'll focus on it. You have to build in the processes to do it. You can't say we're good at change. You have to have a system and a process in it. And when I researched these companies, you know, I never really thought about it till I was talking about it, talking to you, but really with every single point, I've got an exercise because we're grooving 
you to a system and a process. And I, I was talking to um, somebody about the book. I had done a keynote on it and, uh, and the CEO said, he said, I, I just love what you're talking about because you've taken concrete strategies and wrapped them in motivation and hope. And isn't that kind of what we're talking yeah. about? You've got to have processes and systems, but this is a leap of faith as well too. We've got to believe that there is success at the end of this tunnel. And I passionately believe that. And that's something I conditioned myself to do. Well, I, I totally believe you. And in my experience in business, and I've, I've led some very large you know, multi-billion dollar businesses. Whenever there is a crisis, the ability to affect change is huge. Mm -hmm. It's when things are going well that change is almost impossible. Yeah. Because when people are doing well, they don't want to change anything. But the problem is doing nothing is a form of change. Mm -hmm. And that the world is going to keep changing. And if you don't keep evolving, so when, you know, when they're, you know, when a recession would hit, when there was some structural change, a new competitor would come into the marketplace, you could rally the troops to change. And it was easy because they could see it. They got it. It's when things are going really well, it's hard. And have you, do you find, I mean, you know, because obviously look at you, you speak a lot, you work, you consult with, with large corporations, that it's difficult for people to, to you know, pre-pandemic to, to see the need to put in a structure like what you're, I mean, right now everyone goes, oh yeah, this makes sense. I really, I need to be doing this now because they, they see the need. But before, did people, was it hard to get people to, to actually see the need? Yeah, I mean, what a great question, because it is it is only the most forward thinking business owners and or CEOs um, that have done it. Uh, absolutely. Like people always love the tool. It's a tool called a skeptic and I'll give you access to it. But the um, everybody gets excited about it. You're absolutely right. I mean, you know, everybody when we all when COVID hit and people had to work remotely and stuff, we've done a beautiful job of changing through that because the pain was so great. Right. We had to do it. But even now, as things are starting to, to kind of settle down, I'm starting to see with my clients that I work with that um, that now everybody's not as motivated to change because we've kind of gotten into a, into a comfort zone. But what I, the impression that I want to make with the book and, and when I speak and talk to companies is this is that 10%. It is when you can condition yourself for change, no matter the environment that you're in, when you can, I think consistency is one of the sexiest words in business. It is so underrated, you know, <laughs> but if you can be consistent, that's where the traction comes. And that's why I pretty much everything I talk about, I try to develop systems, processes, and tools for people because I find it gives them an easy way to, um, uh, to be consistent with it. But the first thing that you've got to do, and you pretty much alluded to this with making the decision, um, you know, to be happy, you've got to decide that you're going to be successful through this crisis. I can give you the steps in the process, but that's the one piece I can't do for you. Um, you have to make that decision. If you make that decision, you just got over the hump and applying these systems, tools, and processes is honestly going to be the easier part. Well, you know, one of the benefits of having a podcast is you listen to everyone, right? Because you're, you're there. And we've had quite a few people on about mindset. And I, I totally am a, a total believer in mindset. 
And people get totally disabled when they sit back and they, and they think they can't do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and building that muscle to say, okay, I, I can make things happen. So let, let's now shift into to, to today. And by the way, she's talking about all these offers at the end. She's going to tell everyone how to get them. I um, just want to kind of have that little hook to keep people <laughs> in the end. Um, but um, I sit back and I see opportunity like everywhere. And, and I sit back and say, God, if I'm a restaurant, yeah, I hated it, but I'm going to do more delivery business than I ever did. I'm going to save money on, on menus and switch them more frequently because people are using QR codes. And, and I've got, you know, just tons of things that are happening that are, that are great in every kind of business. But I, I do think that a lot of people are totally in survival. Mm-hmm. And now's a real opportunity to, to assess so let's just take, so they use, they use your, I'm sorry, I can't remember. What's that it's called, called a skeptic. Skeptic, which I love the name. They use your skeptic. They see, okay, here are the things I need to, to worry about. What's the next step? What are the things that they do to, you know, discover what change they should prioritize? Yeah. And look, you know, one thing that I love about this formula is you'll see that it basically reveals itself in order. I tell people that you not only need to follow the nine steps, but you need to follow them in order because once you determine the challenges or the changes or even the opportunities that, um, that you see in the marketplace, because few of my clients that I've been working with, we've been able to seize on hiring really great talent or taking um, advantage of a few um, competitors that maybe have failed to bring in some new business and things like that. But once you establish those things, um, the the third strategy in the step is called that um, collaboration, competition becomes collaboration. And so once you clearly identify the challenges that you're facing, let's assume you're a restaurant, you can only open at 50% capacity. Maybe you can only serve um, outside. You've completely lost the bar, which is your liquor sales, which makes up most of your revenue. Once you determine your challenges, you've got to look around and you've got to ask yourself, who can we collaborate with in order to solve our problems faster and give us economies of scale. I mean, Evan, we're seeing this happen in our marketplace like crazy right now. We're seeing countries work together to find a vaccine. We're working, we're seeing, um, grocery stores work together, sharing supply chains. I just read in the Wall Street Journal this morning about the oil industry and the challenges that they're facing and how they're just coming together saying, what do we need to do to reinvent ourselves? And one of my greatest examples of this is um, is Winston Churchill in World War II, I'm a great believer in studying history. But he, he saw that the UK could not Um, hold Nazi Germany at bay and he was going to have to collaborate. So if you know the background, it took quite a lot of convincing to bring Franklin Delano Roosevelt and probably had to swallow a bitter pill to bring in Joseph Stalin. But it was through that strength that he could defeat his enemy. It's the same for us. It's not that you probably can't solve these problems by yourself. But if you don't know how to sell virtually, go find a company that knows how to sell virtually and get up to par as fast as possible. If you need to get out of the market you're in and into a market that's more lucrative, go form a partnership and do it. Competition, take it down. Collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. You know, I'm going to, you know, you you went to Winston Churchill. (laughs) I'm going to share a little bit too. Great. Uh, um, 
Albert Speer wrote a great book uh, on, you know, because he was inside the Third Reich. His book was called yeah. Inside the Third Reich. And he talked about Hitler's idea in bombing London was to destroy the will of the people. Mm -hmm. And he said it wasn't until they started bombing Germany did he realize that that strategy was the worst strategy ever. Because when Germany was being attacked, the German people became more loyal, more supportive. Not that I was pro-Germany in that war. I want to be right, right, clear. right. But, but what he realized was that the bombing of the people in London just made the, 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 the British people stronger and more, at, um, what's the word I'm looking for? More resolved, more, more, more determined. More right. That they, weren't, they, they were not going to succumb where maybe if there were no bombings like that, they might have. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the same thing's true in, in businesses. You know, I think people tend, if you're a business owner, not to want to share. You know, yeah. I'm scared of this change. I'm scared of this problem. I'm, you know, I'm not sure I'm, if I'm going to survive the, the pandemic. And, and I believe in like massive transparency. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a, uh, we've got a strategy, uh, strategy number eight called strengthen your team. And in, um, in strengthening your team, it's really about building that culture, about striking that balance, which I think that Winston Churchill did beautifully, of giving people hope and purpose. At the same time, um, being very realistic with them about how challenging the situation that they were in. I think we way underestimate how much the people around us want to help us be successful. Not only our team around us, but our customers as well. And like you said, if we can be transparent, if we can pull back the veil and say, this is our reality, this is what we're dealing with, and then ask them for help and listen to their ideas, those people are going to come to the plate. And you know, I always tell people, um, success isn't logical. If you look back on it, most people, you look at it, you think, I have no idea how I did that. Or, you know, or, or people chalk it up to luck. And it isn't. It's this really interesting recipe of a lot of different things. And one of them is strengthening that team around you. There's so little you can control in this economy, in this atmosphere. But there's very few challenges that you're going to have that a strong team around you can't solve. Yeah, I, I, I totally, totally agree with you. Interested in Tortle's learning management system? Why not try it for free today? Tortle is offering a free LMS for up to 25 users. With Tortle's easy-to-use self-authoring tool and free quick start guide, you'll have courses up in no time. Sign up today and you'll experience one of the easiest to use LMSs in the marketplace today. To learn more, visit tortle.com forward slash LMS. I'd like to just take a moment and talk to you about your professional speaker. Yeah. And we have a lot of people that are facilitators, trainers. Uh, I'm sure some people that are, that are also professional speakers. And I'm sure they would love to hear about what are the other things you speak on and, and, yeah. and um, maybe a little bit about, you know, how does someone become you? Yeah. So, you know, it is definitely, um, you know, definitely an interesting um, uh, journey. I have been uh, professionally speaking since about 2010. You know, Evan, one of the things I think that is 
probably I share with a lot of audience members is that I just came off my best quarter ever in 2020. First quarter was my best quarter I'd ever had. And March 9th, all my revenue disappeared and my business model became irrelevant because my business model was to get on planes, travel around the world, engage with thousands of, um, of people. And so uh, I had to completely reinvent and remake uh, myself. So I, I want to put that into um into place to say that what I spoke about before COVID is different than what I speak about now. Because if you want to be a professional speaker, you need to have a platform, you need to have a passion, you need to have something that you believe in and something that you wanna share. At the same time, you need to be relevant. And so while I spoke about sales and leadership and business growth before COVID, how I speak about it now is a little bit different. I mean, I categorize everything that I speak about under business growth. I'm gonna help you take your business to the next level, whether that means help your sales team, divine, I'm a master certified strategic planner. So I build strategic plans for companies and help them do that as well. And I develop talent and leadership, but because it's those three arms that I really believe, um, you know, make a business run and a business work, but how I do it now, it's really about being relevant. The pain points of my clients are different now. And getting up on stage is about, you know, definitely having stories and interesting things to speak about. But I'm a passionate believer in return on investment. When people listen to me, I'm going to give you concrete strategies that help you grow your business. Because I believe that as speakers, we jump off the cliff first. We go into the deep water. We get into the mess. We figure it out. And we come back and we help make the path for people behind us that much easier. I love that answer. Thanks. I love that answer. And just to start, by the way, I'm going to correct you. You've been a professional speaker virtually your entire life. Yeah. Not, not that you've been paid to give speeches, but how we speak and how we present ourselves and the people listening who, who do this know that, you know, it makes a difference. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's huge. Mm -hmm. Let's just yeah. talk about speaking. I mean, yeah. I've got to believe that you're doing a lot of virtual events now. Yes. Uh, how is that going and what's different about a virtual event for you as a, as a professional speaker? You know, it's so funny. I, um, I went back and looked at videos that I did in March that I thought were really pretty good. And looking at the, at the level that I do now, I mean, you and I were talking right before we got off this podcast um, about upgrading our equipment. Um, I don't know about you, but this will be upgrade number three for me in the last um, in the last six months. So one thing that I feel like is very, um, very different is both my content and my platform have to be constantly upgraded and constantly um, improved. Our, uh, as much as we're getting educated, uh, customers and consumers um, are getting educated. Uh, quite frankly, there's a lot of things I really um, love about it. I'm really, really busy. I've been amazed at how much um, work that I've had that that leaders and business owners are really realizing how much they need the information right now. I do believe that before COVID, when we did a lot of things live, our presentations could be a little lighter in the sense that maybe some extra humor and more stories and maybe light on content. I think now it's all about the content and the message. I mean, if you're going to hold somebody on a video screen, you better be giving them something that's going to make a bottom line difference 
in their business. And so I'm very, very conscious, uh, you know, of, um, of that. At the same time, I've certainly have gotten on a virtual stage with industry speakers. And there is something to be said for a speaker to be, um, to be entertaining um, uh, at the same time. But I really feel like um, it's definitely about more concrete information and that my presentations are a little shorter now. A lot of times live, they'd be having me up for 60 minutes to 90. I'm doing a lot of 30 to 40, um, you know, to 40 minutes. But um, I'm surprised at how much I enjoy it, how much I like it, and how much I'm really challenged by the new medium. Well, it, you know, it's, I think people would think, oh, I can just go from, you know, whatever I did on stage and just, I'll just do it on Zoom. No big deal. <laughs> uh, but it, it isn't the same at all. One of the pivots in, in my company is, you know, we were doing a ton of leader-led training development and, and now we do a ton of virtual-led training development. And we actually have been doing um, classes to teach people on how to be virtual, virtual uh, facilitators because uh, it's different. And, you know, when, you know, the primary medium for this show used to be people listening in their cars. Yeah. Right. You know, I'm going to work. I, I'm, a, you know, I care about training. I'm going to tune in and listen while I'm driving. People aren't driving to work now. That's right. And so we have to, we have to be maybe a little shorter. I could maybe be better at that. Um, but, uh, but we also, but you know, we also have to become even more, more rich in content, yeah. and 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 more valuable for people because now I'm looking for people to listen to this podcast uh, in time that they could be watching TV or they could be you know doing their email or doing a lot of other things, mm -hmm. and and we we need to think about that and you know it's very important for people in the podcasting world to make sure that people are listening to their podcast, you know, yeah. it's, it, you know. Yeah, I think you're making such a great point because, you know, Evan, I've been thinking so much about these kids not going back into the classroom and they're listening virtually, you know, to their, their online, their, um, you know, what somebody said to me today, they're getting screen fatigue. But I couldn't imagine listening all day long to a teacher who had not been trained to present virtually because how we engage, how we hold the energy it's all very, very different. You know, even if you get the opportunity to do some breakouts and things like that, you're not playing with the audience at the level that you really did um, uh, when you were, were live. And I think it's a very, very different um, skill set. And you need to realize that. It's not that you can't learn it, but you need to realize it and you need to get good at it. I'm finding I'm doing a lot more conversations like this because I think this is a lot more entertaining to people, to listen to two people go back and um, back and forth, just rather than listen to somebody on video. Yeah, I I I I, to I totally agree with you. And you know, look, and I partner with the C-suite, which is a terrific organization. I, I'm not sure if you've heard of them or not, yeah. but um, you know, part of why I went to television is because if someone, you know, you know, before was doing a podcast because they're in their car, now they can actually see us. Yeah. And, you know, it's stronger, it's more powerful. Uh, but now I've got to start thinking, because you're talking about upgrading, is, you know, do I build a set? Do I, you know, do I incorporate better graphics? You know, what do I do to take, take my game to the next level? Which brings us back to the original whole thing about uh, really constantly looking at change. Yeah. And looking for opportunities to get better and better and better all the time. And uh, 
So I'm, uh, we're at the point now where I would love to have you share your offer. And I want to thank you because I think you have a very generous offer for our audience. If you would tell them all about it, that would be awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'm so excited um, about uh, about this book and I really feel like I'm just on a mission because I feel like I've cracked a code as to really what it takes to emerge successful. So if you go to my website, which is valuespeaker.com, just the terms value and speaker.com, you'll see a purple bar at the top that says emerge successful. If you click on that bar, it is chock full of free tools and resources. I mean, Every question that I have been asked since COVID started, I either shot a video, I wrote a blog, I created a tool, I wrote scripts, and I shot each one of these steps in the formula I did an individual video for, and they're all there, free of charge. And if you don't, if you, if you need something and you don't see it there, please reach out. I'm just a really big believer that if you build your network, it'll change um, your life. So I love to connect with people. And if you don't see something there that you need, just reach out, ask the question. I'll create a tool for you and post it on the website and share it with you individually. I just, I really want to help people see the opportunity in today's marketplace. Oh, thank you. That's a great offer. And, you know, I, you know, I know you a little bit. We are not best friends yet, (laughs) but, but I can tell, and I just compliment you that you're a giver, a lot of guests on the show. And a lot of times you can see that they hold back, that they're, they'll share a tidbit here because I make it very clear. I'm not going to play the episode of my listeners aren't going to learn something, (laughs) but you're, you're a giver and you're, you're, you share, you share it freely and openly, which is some, one of my personal values. So I deeply appreciate that. And of course we have, and my listeners all know this, and I know you know this because I prepped you one last question, which is if you had to give one tip to the people listening, what would that one tip be? Yeah. You know, I'm going to circle back to something that we talked about, um, uh, before, and that is that, um, before you start ingesting all this information that I've shared with you, do something to work on your mindset um, every day. I'll share just um, what I do. Um, when I get up in the morning, if you were with me, you would see first, I look nothing like this, but you would see the very first thing that I do is I meditate. It's not impressive. I only do it for 10 minutes. Some people pray or just sit quietly. And then I read note cards where I've written my positive point where I see my business a year from now. I read those note cards in the morning. I read them at lunch and I read them again before I go to bed. If you get a hold of your mindset and you believe there's opportunity in this marketplace, then these tools are just going to be the, um, the strategy you need to get you there. But it's the one piece I can't do for you, but it's easy enough. Please work on your mindset. It's a great tip. And I, I'm going to share something with you. I wasn't really planning on this, but I think it's worth doing. Um, I've created a thing called 30 Days of Positivity. I've done this with a group of people. And I say, I, I, I just really took a big, bad leap there because it's really been a team effort um, out of the Boston Breakthrough Academy. And essentially, the idea is for 30 days, share something positive on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Right. And, um, you know, it could be a meme, you know, it could be a beautiful picture, it could be a Facebook live. And we use a hashtag, which is hashtag 30 DP for 30 days. It's 30 day positivity project and go to 30 days of positivity.com can actually register. We'll send you reminders every day, but it's just to get yourself in the mindset of being positive. And I use it every day and I'm well past 30 days. And most people go past 30 days 
is you develop a habit of just putting myself in a positive mindset every day and, and, and really, uh, I, I just enjoy doing it. And then I love, uh, you know, my friends are doing it. And then I search the hashtag, which by the way, I didn't even know you could search hashtags on Facebook until I did this project. But it, you know, it's just, it's about those habits. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think your mindset and I think everyone's ritual can be a little different, but it's important to have a ritual. It's important uh, to, you know, I, I, this is a cliche, but, you know, you've got to either lead your life or someone else gets to lead your life. It's com that's, com that's completely true. And, you know, it's, uh, I really wish they taught six-year-olds just how much control you have. Um, but it takes us all a little while to, uh, to figure it out. And I think you make such a great point. The ritual doesn't matter. It, it's whatever works for you. Um, but putting yourself in that, um, in that mindset is just going to change how you see things. And if you change how you see things, you'll start to see opportunity versus obstacle. And, th and that is where everything changes. Yeah, totally agree. You've been a great guest, a pleasure. I want to thank, thank the people at C-Suite. I want to thank all of the listeners uh, for listening, because without you, we would not be here today. And again, thank you for being a guest on the show. Thank you. It's been great, Evan. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.